to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Andrew Womack. Hello and welcome to our Thursday Truth and Liberty Live call-in program. I'm Andrew Womack and uh, man, I'm, I'm glad to have you with us today. Today we're going to be interviewing a good friend of mine. Matter of fact, uh, da uh, David Moore is his name. He's from, I think it's Kentswood. Let me just look and make sure I get this name right. Um, Kentwood, Michigan. And uh, David and his wife, Dwell, they're actually staff with us. And they still work for us, even though they're in Michigan. And they've been with us a very long time. And David is running for city council there. And uh, anyway, just it's going to be a great time. David is one that writes a lot of things for me. He writes a lot of my uh, newsletters and different things. They've been with us so long. And he just uh, has an ability to know what I would have said. And so we can give him a topic. And he really helps me. He's been a great blessing. So we, we're going to be talking to him. But before we get to that, let me just mention that tonight our Women Arise conference starts. Now this is a women only conference. I have no gender dysphoria, so I'm not going to be there. But I listen in on the uh, website and you can listen on YouTube, Gospel Truth TV, Facebook, and then all of our websites will be carrying live stream. And we're going to have Carrie Pickett and Audrey Mack and Elizabeth Murin are the ladies that are ministering. And I tell you, it's going to be powerful. In our school today, I talked to over a dozen women, probably more than that, who came just for this meeting. And they've come from, I mean, up in Maine, all over the United States. And it's just going to be a powerful time. So that's tonight, starting tonight through Saturday and uh, November the 2nd through the 4th. And then on November the 9th through the 11th, I'm going to Atlanta and I'm going to be ministering at the Gas South Convention Center on November the 9th through the 11th. And Greg Fritz is going to be the person who comes and ministers with me. And I tell you, Greg is a great guy. He's, we've been friends for a long time. He's been coming to our ministry. And also Greg is on our Gospel Truth TV and has a great program. I watch it every once in a while and Greg is just doing a great job. So I've had him travel with me before and it's going to be a special time. So if you can come to these meetings and of course we have our Heart of Christmas that's coming up in December and then we have a live nativity coming up. We just have a lot of really good things happening. Right before I go to our guests, let me just mention that we have Truth and Liberty website at truthandliberty.net. And if you go there, we have news feeds, we have connections, we put uh, links to all kinds of other things. You can go there and find out uh, who your representatives are, who to vote for. You can get voter guides, you can get just all kinds of things. It's a great, great place to resource. And the last thing, if you want to be a part and help us, we now have a Truth and Liberty live cast five days a week. We hold conferences once a year. We put out voter guides. We're doing a lot of things to make a difference. And if you would like to be a part 
and help us do this, you can go to truthandliberty.net slash donate. And if you give a reoccurring automatic gift of $5 or more per, per month, you become a, uh, a Truth and Liberty member with us. And we send out a lot of things, information, special things. We just sent out something about all of the stuff that's going on in the school and how we can deal with that. And every Friday we send out a thing talking about that there's a lot of bad news, but here's the good news. And we send out three or four of the really positive things that happen. And so we're trying to counter all of the negativism that's being done. So check that out again at truthandliberty.net slash donate and become a partner with us. So let's go to Kentwood, Michigan, and this is David Moore, and he is with us. And David, welcome to our program. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Andrew Womack, thank you so much for having me. This has been a blessing. I've been looking forward to it, and I'm excited to share with your audience what uh, God is doing through me in Kentwood. So you would probably give a better description of what you do for me than I did, as well as, De as Dwell, your wife. Would you just tell the people about what your position with the ministry is and what you do for us? Yes, uh, uh, I work freelance for you and I uh, write uh, your booklets um, that you've been putting out. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I've done that uh, for a number of years and uh, it's been exciting. I love it. I love writing. I love writing for you, and uh, I've got your voice bouncing around in my brain. Um, so, I, <laughs> you I do can, a great I, job. I, I really feel like I can. Yeah, thank you. I, I really feel like I can. I can capture you, and I, I just appreciate the honor of being able to do that. I don't know if I can uh, write for another person, but man, you just do it. I, I read things and I think that's exactly what I'm trying to say, but it's said a little bit better than the way I would have said it. You do a great job. Wow! Thank you so much. Um, and my wife, she works uh, on, in the, on the database uh, uh, in, uh, in, your, in IT uh, so, for you. And she's done that. She's, this is her 20th, their 20th year with you. Wow. And I remember Dwell, your wife, she actually went to Portugal for a while and was part of a school over there. We had a school there for a brief period of time. And both of you graduated from Caris, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I remember your parents. Yeah, I graduated. Uh, David and Luana, uh, they both uh, came to school and they still answer our phones even though they live, you said now, and is it North Carolina that they live now? In South Carolina, yeah. South Carolina. And they've been there since 2017, yeah. That's awesome. So how did you, how did you and Dwell come to come to school? And, and then I think if I get this correct, you married, you met each other here at school and married, right? Yes, we did. Yes, right. We came out to, uh, you know, uh, the Karis Day was not, I know it's known as Karis Day now, but it was used to be, uh, you know, expand your vision yeah. you know, meeting. Yeah, mm -hmm. years ago. Um, and I came out, I think it was the very first one you guys put on back in 2001. Uh, and uh, she was uh, volunteering, helping out, and I met her there. And uh, I was already coming to Bible school, um, but uh, I met her right before she moved to Portugal. Uh, and then I started school that, uh, that, uh, that fall, um, and uh, we, we were married uh, about a year and a half later, uh, and I joined her in Portugal for about eight months, uh, where we served in a children's home called Casa Vila, working with children from Guinea-Bissau. Many of them were from Guinea-Bissau in Africa. Uh, and that was a wonderful, it was a life-changing experience. We still, we still are in contact with some of those kids. In fact, we were, and uh, just, just recently, over the last a few weeks, still in contact with these, uh, these children who are now adults. So wow. um, that's where our story began. Oh, that's great. 
And so anyway, you moved back to Kentwood, Michigan when? Uh, back in 2016. Wow, so you've been there a while. How many kids do you have now? We have eight. <laughs> what do you do with your spare time? <laughs> uh, besides write your books, uh, <laughs> I've been doing You don't have any lately. spare time if you got eight kids is what <laughs> I was getting at. That's amazing. So one of the things that you've done lately, you have been, uh, let me make sure, you, you've been a, uh, a city commissioner, or, or is that right? Parks and Recreation yes, Commissioner? Really, yes, sir. Um, yes, I, I'm on the Parks and Rec Commission. I've done that for over five years. Uh, and my wife serves on the Historic Preservation Committee. Uh, she's done that for over five years. So we've been involved in the city um, since 2017, and uh, that's been a blessing. It's been great to just a place we call home to, to get involved, you know. And so now you're running for uh, city council. Is that it? Yeah, city commission. Yeah. City commission. Uh, and, um, yes, sir. Yeah. So, um, so let me ask you, Dave, there's a lot of Christians that just don't see politics and Christianity is mixing, and they just want to stay over here and just talk about the Lord, and they think that actually it's, there's a lot of people that will be critical of you for even getting involved, like, you know, somehow or another, this is dirty and Christians shouldn't be involved. Apparently, that's not the way you think. Would you address that? Because there's people probably watching this right now that are wondering, what is a guy who's a believer doing running for city commissioner? How do you deal with that? Yeah, well, you, to, to be honest, I, uh, I would have been in that camp too, um, being critical of those who are Christian and yet they're running for office because I didn't understand really God's plan for this platform. Um, and for me, way, the way I understand it is that God will raise up people in a community to lead with integrity, with compassion, uh, and with wisdom, you know, uh, and he will, he will use that platform for his purposes here, here on the earth to, to serve our community. Uh, and so when God is actually raising uh, an individual up, this is, is the purpose for which, this is the proper purpose for uh, this platform of politics. But when people are seeking power, I think this is what, this is where people get into a mess because they're, yeah. now they're instead of, you know, God leading the way, they're seeking power and authority and influence and things like this, and they're seeking to impose their beliefs on others. Uh, and I think God, he, he, I think God always raises up people who are unassuming, maybe in, in obscurity, um, just kind of minding their own business. And God calls that individual and raises them up to, and gives them a platform. That's, that's, that's my story. Um, and, you know, I think that if a person is running for political office so that they can have power and recognition and feeling good about themselves, they will compromise in order to keep that power. But if you're doing it because you feel that this is an opportunity that God gives you and stuff, and you're doing it in response to God, then you'll hold on to your convictions and not compromise. That's that's exactly right. Um, there's a story. I, I'd love to share a story if I could. Sure. Um, about my dad running for city council there in Colorado Springs, in fact. Um, Ten years ago, uh, he ran for office, and this was at the time where I didn't understand exactly what he was doing, and I thought, man, I'll never... I'll never do that. That is not, I don't know why you're doing that. I didn't understand mm. what he was doing. Um, plus we were pregnant with our uh, our fifth kid at the time. So, <laughs> you know, we were quite busy. And um, so I, I didn't understand what he was trying to do. And I thought I would never, I thought I would never do anything like what he did. And so we moved from Colorado Springs up here to Michigan. And 
Long story short, I get involved with Parks and Rec. Um, I, get, I meet the mayor. Uh, I'm in a prayer group with local leaders and pastors, uh, the mayor being one of them. And I, I start getting involved. I, and God starts giving me influence. We start, um, you know, being educators at a, a local Christian classical community. We, we start a home church. You know, uh, we got involved with Parks and Rec on different committees. And so, you know, then the mayor says, I want you to step up, David, and I want you to be I want you to join and be a part of uh, the city commission. You know, wow. we need you on our commission. Uh, and I, wow. I'm just like, what, what, what? This is the thing I said I would never do. You know. So but you basically, realized, you, you just started getting involved and helping wherever you could, and that led to this. It's just an expansion of what you were already doing. That that is exactly right. It was it was just it wasn't me seeking power or anything like this. I was just getting involved. I've got. When I say I have, eight, I have eight kids, I have literal skin in the game, is what I how I put it. You know, um, I, I've, got, yeah. I've got a stake in Kenwood, you know, running well and, and staying on track, and so we got involved, you know, and we we weren't doing anything except to just just to to invest in our community, you know, and so the mayor he he sees he's a Christian man and he sees in me that he that I should step up, uh, and and have this this greater platform, and it's it's you know you could be daunted at, at such you know this 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 invitation. But you know, I prayed about it, you know, and I said, God, what do you want to do? I this is I said I would never do this, you know, and I, I felt like this is what the Lord wanted me to do, and so I, we stepped into it, um, and it's been quite a learning experience. But I realized that this is this was just the, another platform, a greater platform, um, to the, to the ones I'd already been serving on. I'd already been investing. I, I said I would never do it, but I'd already been doing it even before I, I was even asked. So um, to God be the glory. God knows what He's doing. I'm just going to trust God, you know. I think another reason that Christians don't get involved in stuff like what you're doing is because when you do step out and start telling people what you believe in and asking for their votes, you're, you've got a big target on you and people are going to start criticizing you. They'll drag up anything that they can to use against you. Have you had any of that? Have you had opposition and like maybe the opposite side criticizing you and speaking against you? There's been a little bit of that. Um, for the most part, it's been very positive. Uh, I, I've been going door to door, meeting residents, and it's just been a blessing. Uh, Kentwood is is it's a wonderful city, many wonderful residents, and for the most part, it's been it's been very positive, meeting meeting folks. There's there's good, there's kickback, and there's people who don't believe in you and, and what you're doing. Um, and but that that's always going to be the case, you know. But I, I'm trying to just stay focused on 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 my race, you know, and what God has wanted me to do. Uh, and and try to and try to finish this thing strong um, and that without being distracted, you know. Have you not had any negative uh, advertising against you? Oh, not that I not that I'm aware of, you know. Um, oh, so that's yeah, there, good. not that I know. Yeah, there there could be some out there that I'm just not aware of, but uh, uh, maybe because it's a you know a local uh, election that uh, we're not getting you know too much you know negativity coming our way. So what is the size of Kentwood? Uh, it's about 58,000 residents, but we're right next to Grand Rapids. And I know that you also come up to yep. Grand Rapids to, uh, to res life uh, yep. with, uh, you know, Dick Vanderklok. Um, so, um, so uh, yeah, so it's, it's, we're, we're right next door to, um, uh, to Grand Rapids. Well, I'm impressed that it's been as clean as, it, as, as you're describing it, because, you know, here in Woodland Park, We've got uh, the mayor and two city council people that ran on a platform that they were anti-Karis and that they were going to stop Karis. And we've had people come against us and we've had to 
go to lawyers to get uh, per building permits. And there's some people that have really taken a stand against us. So I'm glad to hear it's going so good for you. That's really good. Yeah, me too. And I, it, there's, it's just been favor. And I think that's another testimony to if you are called to step up and have a platform such as this, then God will give you favor. You know, people, there will be people who oppose you, but God will win the day. He will give you favor. And even if I don't win this election, you know, it's, it was a blessing. It, there were so many good, positive things, so many faces that I met, wonderful people. Um, and there may be doors that God would, would open through that. Um, and so I'm just trusting God, you know, to me, it's not about the objective of just winning, you know, um, I want to do this the right way and I want, I want God to get the glory out of it. So I've been very careful to just, you know, right now I'm writing, uh, writing one of your books. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, talking about grace and making sure that you're just, you're, you're in the grace that you're not forcing it. You're not getting into works and into the flesh, but you're trusting God to lead you and, and his grace being upon you. And, and, and that's what I'm doing. You know, I, I listen to counsel and wisdom and I'm trying to be a good learner and humble and things like this. But at the same time, I, I'm not going to force it and get into the flesh to, to force this thing. I'm going to trust God all the way to the end, um, win or lose. That's I'm going to be rejoicing because I, I'll, I'll have my integrity in place and be able to sleep at night, you know, so. Man, that's awesome. So you mentioned that the mayor actually asked if you would run for this position. So you were encouraged there. But have you had anybody else like, are there churches that have gotten behind your campaign? Or have you and Dwell just been out basically beating the bushes and getting all of the stuff on your own. Is anybody backed you? Is there a political party behind you or anything like that? No, I've not been endorsed by any political party um, because it's nonpartisan. And we, we, I want to be very careful to keep keep associations clean with that because um, I think it can be, if for people who are, you know, our constituents there, I think they can be confusing and, and it can be uh, even detrimental to what the city's trying to do. We have nothing to do with right or left uh, in city and governance. So um, to, to answer the question about to support and endorsements, we've had a lot of support. Because I was I was going to this prayer group um, where other community leaders were, were attending uh, and the mayor himself attends this, this local prayer group, um, we've had nothing but support from them. I've, I've been introduced to um, their parishioners and uh, many of their people that attend their church and such. And um, they've gone canvassing with me. There's a lot, a lot of these pictures and things are all on Facebook and on my website. Um, we've tried to document our, our story, but yeah, we've had tons of support from the community. And again, that was just homegrown. You know, I didn't try to generate any of this. It was already there. And so it was like something that was just almost ripe just to be plucked off the off the vine because it wasn't like I had to go get support. Um, people were already behind me to run and to win. Wow. So if somebody's watching this and they're saying, man, that sounds good. I'd like to get involved and do something like this. How do you go about it? How much money did it cost you? How much money are you spending on this? How do you raise your money? How much time does it take? If somebody wanted to get involved, what would you tell them about how to get it done? Yeah, uh, well, of course, the biggest thing is, is, is vote. Um, you've got to vote. Um, we, we say that people shouldn't complain about how things are going if they don't vote. Um, so get involved and vote. Um, I, you know, if you live in Kentwood, if you live in, uh, in, in particularly Ward 2 is, is where I'm running, um, then yeah, I need your vote. Um, if you like, if you, if you see what I'm about and you, you would love to support me that way, um, then I need you to get out to the polls and vote for me. Um, uh, if they would like to donate to our campaign, they can do that too. Um, I have a website, um, you know, it's at, it's called moreforkentwood.com um, and I'm also on Facebook. So it's, uh, I think it's more for Kentwood. Uh, let, me, let me read it here. It's, um, 
it's facebook.com slash more for Kentwood. So um, if they like to, to donate, that would be great too, because like I said, we're, we're getting close to the wire with uh, things we're trying to put out to get, you know, the main thing is I'm running against an incumbent, you know, and so he's already got a lot of name recognition and, and, and support. So he's got, you know, sort of a, a head start. Um, whereas me, I was, you know, like I said, I was an obscurity, kind of an unknown. Um, if you didn't know me just from, you know, community outreach and, and things like this that I'd already been doing. Um, and so, you know, getting name recognition uh, is one of the things that is, is helpful to me. So, um, and the way to do that is, you know, through print material, through social media ads, things like this to, you know, just get name recognition and awareness out there that, hey, there is someone out there who's running, uh, who, who is, I believe, the clear choice uh, for this, this seat. Uh, and I'd like you to consider me. So, um, yeah, so they, and it takes money to do that. So uh, if they would like to donate, donate, I have a PayPal set up. They can do that. That'd be great to help us uh, push us to the end. And the, you know, we only got about five more days or so. So we're we're wow. getting close. Well, I'd encourage our viewers to support you. But specifically, let me ask that if a person says, "Man, I like what David is doing, and I would like to get involved, and I would like to run," How did you get started? You mentioned a prayer group. Did uh, was it just the people that were in this prayer group, or did you have uh, any one group or one person support? How do you go about launching a deal? You have to come up with a website. I'm sure there's registration things that you have to do. How do, if a person wanted to do this, what do they do to get involved like you have? Yeah. Um... I, well, number one would be, did God call you? That's number Amen. one. Did Amen. God call you to do this? You know, and again, win or lose, did God call you? You know, um, and so I know that people say, well, no, we're going to win. And I, I believe in that. We're going to be positive and, 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 and we're going to, we're not doing this to lose. But win or lose, did God call you to do this? Because God has a purpose in these types of things. So if you want to get involved, um, you're going to need support. You're going to need people around you who are smart, who are integrous. Um, and, uh, and who care about uh, the community that you're, you want to serve um, and, and have, a, have an interest in seeing it, it continue to thrive or maybe to be turned around. You know, all it takes is one election for a city to take a step in the right direction or the wrong direction. You know, we've yeah. seen that, yeah. you know, and so we, we want to, we, we, you know, we want every election to count, you know, and so we, we, we need to be motivated by that. We don't need to be in fear. So we need to be courageous. I think that I guess the main thing I guess I would say as far as advice, it would be more on the spiritual side is the heart. The you know, like you you have that teaching, you know, he did not um he did evil in the sight of the Lord because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Yeah. You know, and these are talking about leaders. And so uh I, I think you need to prepare your heart now, you know, um, rather than trying to create something. Um, it, it's tough if you if God hasn't given you the grace to do it. So um if you but on the practical side, you need to um you know, you need to go, you need to, to, to be visible. You need to get rate name recognition. You need to, to talk with folks, uh, meet folks. Um, I would encourage getting to start and start uh, small if you can. Um, maybe not try to shoot for everything, you know, but try to get involved locally at your, your local library. Usually has a lot of uh, events that are going on throughout your community. Um, start small, get involved there, serve, be faithful. And, you know, God will raise you up. You know, I, I think in many ways, you know, I didn't choose this, this, race, but maybe it chose me, you know, um, that I was just kind of minding my own business, not did ever think I would do any of these types of things. And all of a sudden someone says you need to step up, you know? Uh, and so, um, maybe a lot of times it's looking for you rather than you seeking these things. Um, but you can't, you should get involved. Every person should be involved in their community. A lot of people don't even know what city governance is. You don't know what commission and council, they don't even know what they do. 
you know. Um, and so get involved. You 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 know care enough to get involved. Um, and um, I think God, you know, it might be here a little, there a little. It might be you know first the ear, you know, then the full corn in the ear. It, it's going to grow from there. But it, it may not just be you're going to hit the jackpot if you haven't started small, you know, and been faithful with what's little. Well, in just a few minutes, we're going to take a break and then we're going to start taking calls. And so I'd encourage you to call in and you can either ask David or me a question. It doesn't have to be specifically on what we've talked about. The number is 719-619-2341. And so we'll be going to that in just a little bit. And I encourage you to call. But David, last question before we go to this break. You got eight kids. Yes, you got a wife. You got, you're working for me. Your wife is working for me. You guys are busy. How much time have you put into this? Can you quantify it? Like do you, how much time per week have you been putting into running for office? Oh, it's been hundreds of hours, I'm sure at this point. We've put a lot of hours into this. Um, it's, 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 if you're not called to do this, it's, it's gonna wear you out. It's a lot of work. And I think, and this is only for city, city you know, uh, a city race. So. Uh, it's a lot of work. Uh, I imagine hundreds of hours at this point. You're talking about hundreds of hours over the whole period of time, or are you t how much per week are you putting into this? Oh, I see. I see. Um, yeah, that's it. You know, it varies from week to week. Um, I, you know, I would say, uh, uh, I don't know. I would say, I don't know, maybe ten. I mean, as far as I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's not maybe a lot of events that I'm doing every time, but um, there's certainly, you know, a lot of you know, talking about stuff, praying about stuff, you know, talk with my campaign manager, things like this. So I, I would say, I don't know, it could be anywhere from 10 to 20 hours uh, about yeah. a week, just, you know, of time spent on this. Yeah. That's a lot of time. And I'm sure that that's one of the things, like if God was to ever speak to me, I know that I'm in the lane I'm supposed to be in, but if God was to speak to me, I don't have 20 hours to devote to anything. So that is a lot of time per week to be given to this. It's like you it's said, true. you got to be called to do this, you have to feel like this is what God led you to do, or it uh, it would be a daunting task. Well, I'm just agreeing with you, David. I know you, and I know Dwell. Man, you guys would be a total blessing. So I'm just agreeing that God is bringing this to people's remembrance, and that they're going to get out and vote. And praise God, uh, you get elected, you let us know, and we'll have you back on and start talking about how you're seeing good things happen. That'll be great. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thanks. Sounds great. Uh, all right, so we're going to take a break here in just a few minutes, and we've got open lines here, 719-619-2341. And we're good to talk about anything. You can talk specifically, ask questions of David, and ask about getting involved in city government, things like that. You can ask us a biblical question. David is one who writes a lot of the stuff for me, and I guarantee you, I see stuff that he writes all of the time. And man, he knows the Word of God. He'll be able to minister to you on that level. But also, there's just so much happening in our world with uh, the Israeli war against Hamas. And uh, man, it just looks like our world has lost their ever-loving mind. Can't even figure out which bathroom to go into. <laughs> and so, if you've got a question or would like prayer for something, you're welcome to call it 719-619-2341. And so let's take a little 90-second break, and then we'll be back on the other side to take your calls. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. 
We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and Liberty and become a member today. We got to stop looking at this word as someday. We got to look at it. it is for now. And the Spirit of God, don't you think is big enough to teach you, to show you how to do things? Stop thinking that one day when I am super spiritual or when I have the money I need. No, start doing what he called you to do right now with the strength you have. So Father, we say yes to that today. So welcome back to Truth and Liberty Live with Andrew Womack. And my guest is Dave, David Moore from Kentwood, Michigan. And he's running for city commissioner there. Uh, David and his uh, wife, Dwell, they both work for me. And boy, they've been a blessing. You, How long have you been working with us, David? Yes, um, I've been uh, connected with the ministry for uh, about the same time as Dwell, so about 20 years. Yeah, and well, we, I just uh, got a note from her. We sent her something about her being with us for 20 years, and we sent her a thank you note, and she responded to that. And so, man, 20 years, it's awesome. I knew you before you were married, before you had eight kids, and before you were running for city office. That's pretty yes, awesome. Sir. <laughs> so anyway, we, we've still got open lines here at 719-619-2341. And so we've got all of our lines open if you want to call uh, we'd love to hear from you and take your call. But David, I've been, you know, getting bolder saying things about uh, Christians getting involved. Matter of fact, that's the whole uh, thought process behind Truth and Liberty. We actually started a 501c4, which gives us, in the eyes of the government, I believe a 501c3, uh, according to the Constitution, gives us the right to be outspoken and to speak out on things. But not everybody agrees with that. So we just started a 501c4 so that I can say anything I want to and uh, nobody's going to bother me on it. But as I've done this, I've had a lot of criticism and a lot of people talking about that, you know, you shouldn't be doing these kind of things. Matter of fact, I had a woman come up to me today in our Bible school and yesterday on our Truth and Liberty program, I talked about Trump. I talked about homosexuality. I talked about a number of things. And she says, have you gotten hate mail uh, as a response to this? And uh, I do, but I don't see it anymore. I told my staff, you handle all this stuff. I don't want to see all this criticism. But anyway, there's just a lot of people that are against this. And yet this is the way that our nation was founded. Have you gotten into any of the history like with David and Tim Barton or anything about, you know, how that America was founded on godly Christian principles? Do you have any information on all that, David? 
Yes, we've got uh, David Barden's uh, DVD series that we've been showing to our kids um, on the foundation of, of America, and uh, that's been very helpful. Um, and uh, in, uh, yeah, we've even got the one on Black History Month. I think he did a single DVD on that. Yeah. Um, not Black History Month, but uh, just just Black uh, History. Um, and uh, we've gotten that too, and our kids have watched that, and they've gone through the series. And we want our kids to be informed about the world. Um, and I, you know, uh, and you know, I'm not into revisionist history. You know, I want them to, to learn things that w- the way they actually happened, uh, and I want them to be strong. You know, I want them to be believers. Um, I don't want them to be, uh, you know, afraid or to be angry. I don't want to stir up any of those types of things. I, I want them to be healthy, uh, and I, you know. But yeah, we, we're using those materials. We, we feel like they're they're uh, credible and 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 um, integrous. Uh, and so we want we want to put the best material in front of our kids to give them the best chance. You know, we homeschool our kids, so um, we have been choosing the material that they um, that they're uh, you, you know having for education. What's your opinion on the school system there in Kentwood? Have you ever seen, like, for instance, the uh, liberals and all of the uh, pornographic stuff in the school system there? Have you had to deal with any of that? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not currently aware of that. Uh, I, I do plan to get involved with a, a local school here, East Kentwood High School. Um, uh, and there's a, a dear friend who would like to introduce me to the students and staff, you know, uh, you know, especially should I win this election to get involved. You know, uh, our, our young kids, they need so much, you know, support uh, and to lend wisdom to to give. Hey, look, I, I'm serving the community. Let's let's build a good rapport between, you know, those who are residents and those who are, are you know, city officials. Um, we want to we, we want to build a good rapport. We want to uh, have our community stay healthy and strong. And I think it starts with with uh, with the young kids. You know, it's a, a big part of discipleship is, is start with, the, you know, when they're younger. So well, I plan you, to get involved with with the uh, with high school. Well, you know, in Florida, Ron DeSantis has come out and spoken openly against all of the pornographic literature that they have in the school system. And he even I forget the exact words, but he deputized or authorized every single person in Florida, if they found pornographic uh, literature in the school library, to report that. And so he's taking a stand. And of course, the ACLU and uh, I forget, I think it's the American Library Association, the ALL or something, has come out against him and stuff. And there's people saying that, you know, this is freedom of speech. Where would you come down on something like that? Do you believe that we ought to have access to those kind of things in school libraries, or where, where do you stand on that? Well, we need to be very careful when we have material, sensitive material in front of our kids. You know, we, we've, we've certainly been very careful uh, about, you know, what our kids consume. And I think that is a decision that parents need to navigate with their kids, introducing these types of ideas. So um, I, I'm, a, I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a believer in family. Uh, obviously being a father of eight and and that parents should be the primary influencers over their kids. And so if that's not the case, um, then I would have a problem with that. Well, a lot of these libraries are saying that the parents have no right restricting what their kids see, that they believe that their kids ought to be exposed to all of this. And we've got a list of 50 books that are in the Woodland Park Library, which Woodland Park is a small community of 7,000, 8,000 people, and it's relatively good and conservative, and yet they just allow this American Library Association to put in the books that they recommend, and we've identified 50 of them that are totally 
pornographic. It's talking about homosexuality. It actually has pictures and graphic description of how you have homosexual uh, sex and things like this. And this is in our grade school things. And we're in the process of dealing with it. I can't say right here because there are people that don't like me who um, watch this program and that they would use it against us. But we're in the process of dealing with that and we're going to get that stuff out of our libraries. But there's a lot of Christians that say, no, you know, we, we need to, that's freedom of speech. I don't believe that freedom goes that far. Like for instance, somebody could say, well, I've got freedom. I can kill a person if I want to. No, there's limits on your freedom. Well, I, you know, I can go out and rob a bank because I'm free. No, there's limits on your freedom. And I think that we should not allow our children to be just polluted with all of this woke stuff. And I want to commend you and dwell for homeschooling your kids. Man, I, I'm just about that close to telling people that you have no business putting your children in public schools. And I'm not 100% against public schools, but I would say that the vast majority of them have a lot of ungodly stuff in there. Uh, you could just talk about evolution. Very, very, very few schools will present a godly uh, approach towards the origin of where we came from. And they would actually present those things as you're being religious and restrictive. And it's just, it's just polluted on every level. So you guys are doing wonderful homeschooling your kids. I think that's the way it ought to be. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we, we visited the uh, Creation Museum and the, uh, the Ark Encounter uh, in Kentucky oh, yeah. this year. And, mm -hmm. uh, Wonderful. And I do think that education, you know, uh, you know, just understanding the history of the world and the creation of the world is is foundational. We don't teach apologetics. I think that's that's crucial. You know, uh, we teach things that uh, essentially we teach a lot of things from the New Testament, which we should. But we don't teach a lot of things that have to do with science um, and that how that uh, that, uh, uh, you know, that science really that is on the side of faith, really. Uh, and that. Um, that this is this is where this is what the Bible teaches, and so I'm a firm believer in the Scriptures. I believe the Word of God, and uh, I believe that what it says is true, and we need to teach it as such. And uh, it's we need to teach we need to preach the gospel, but we need to also teach apologetics because when these kids, you know, they're educated and they go out into the world, they don't know how to handle, um, you know, uh, things that uh, would would attack or would conflict with their faith and with their with what they were learning in church and things like this, and they they don't they're not equipped in that way. And so um, that's one of the things that we've done with our own kids and it's been helpful. It's been good. We believe in it. And, um, you know, again, we, we're not here to, to force what we believe down anyone's throat or anything, but, you know, we want to be the primary influences over our kids. And I think every parent has that right and they really shouldn't abdicate that. Um, they should, have, you know, if they choose to put their kids in public school, that's their choice. You know, if they, that's where they feel God wants them to go. If they choose to homeschool, that's, that should be their choice too. But um, it shouldn't be mandated one way or the other. You know, I, I believe in parental rights, you know, with education. You know, we had David and Tim Barton on this Truth and Liberty, and we were talking about this very thing, and they were talking about how, how bad the public schools have gotten. And, and somebody called in and said, but there's Christians involved in there, and there's Christians that are there, and we need to get in and reform the public school. And this is what Tim Barton said. He says, that's like saying, that the Titanic had a great band and we shouldn't let everybody get off because man, the band was just great. But the thing is sinking and it doesn't matter if you have a few good Christians in there or not. As a whole, our public school system 
is promoting ungodliness and destroying people. And so I know that there's Christians in the school system and they use it like a mission field. And I would say, praise God that they're there and use your influence the most that you can. But I think that parents should not just turn their kids over to our government because our government uh, is promoting very, very ungodly things. So again, we've got some open lines, 719-619-2341. We'd love to hear from you and get you involved in this conversation. Let's go to Gladys. She's a partner with uh, Andromach Ministries as well as Truth and Liberty from Georgia. So Gladys, you're on Truth and Liberty with Dave Moore and Andrew Womack. Hello, brother. Andrew, how are you? I'm blessed. Good to hear from you, Gladys. Hello, brother. Moore, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. How are you, Gladys? Good to meet you. I am blessed and highly favored. Uh, brother Andrew, first Amen. of all, I heard you say in chapel that you have made several references to people having their feet flat screen TVs, and now you have a new house with five flat screen TVs. That's, that's right. The Lord has a sense of humor. <laughs> it's, 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 it's absolutely true. I used to, when I'd receive an offer, and I'd say, look, how many flat screen TVs do you need? Do you need five flat screen TVs? And we just moved into a house that I didn't do it, but the house that we, my ministry bought it for me, it has five flat screen TVs. And so <laughs> it's like God has a sense of humor. And, uh, but anyway, right. That's awesome. right. So Mr. Moore, I, I wanted to ask you, what is it like working for Mr. Andrew Womack? <laughs> <laughs> it, it has been an absolute blessing. Uh, I get to do what I love. I've written, I've been a writer since I, well, I, maybe since I, not since I was eight, but I've, I've been writing since I was eight years old. I wrote my first story when I was eight. I always aspired to be a writer. It's in me uh, to communicate and to, to, to articulate. Um, and so I've loved it. Uh, it's been great. Um, yeah, I wouldn't change it for anything. I'm, I'm, living, I'm living the dream uh, being as a writer. Uh, and, and particularly, I've been able to do it for, for Andrew Womack, and that's, that's been a total blessing. Plus, he lives a thousand or fifteen hundred miles away from me, so we can't get into his, uh, you know, stuff too often. <laughs> so he has a lot of freedom. Uh, but they've been a real blessing to us. Thanks, Gladys, for your call. We appreciate it. We still got lines open at seven one nine six one nine two three four one. David, let me ask you this: You being black, uh, I personally, I don't ever think about that. To tell you the truth, you're just a brother in the Lord. But do you? What's your perspective on what we're hearing so much about America is systemically uh, racist, and people are tearing down these statues, even of of Lincoln and Robert E. Lee and uh, stuff. And what's your take on all of this? Uh, you were talking about not uh, being an advocate of revisionist history. So what's your take on all of this? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I try to stay out of the news to be, to be quite honest, because I, I feel like it's so much of just polarizing uh, and it's been destructive. And, you know, I try to stick, keep my nose in the word you know, uh, and keep my focus on the Lord. Um, you know, if there is if there is systemic racism, if there are laws that have that are in place um, that are marginalizing, you know, people of color, whoever they are, you know, then let's identify those laws and remove them. You know, um, if there are if there's no if there's nothing we can point to within the system that is inherently, you know, uh, discriminatory. Then, then what are we talking about? What, what, what do we want to? What do we want to remove? That's that's actually setting people back. You know, 
people might look at me and say, well, you know, you, you, you've always had a silver spoon. I'm not, I'm not had a silver spoon in my mouth. My parents didn't grow up rich or anything like this. I just trusted God. I was just minding my own business. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I, I liken it to almost like King David. You know, he was, a, you know, a shepherd boy and kind of was just doing his thing. And then God raised him up and he eventually, you know, God gave him a platform and gave him this influence and things like this. And it would be easy to look at him as king and say, you know, he he always, you know, was blessed and all, always had these positive things going on in his life. He's never struggled in his life. And it's like, they just don't know my story, you know. But, but you know, to get back to the, the topic is, if it, listen, if there are if there are problems within the system, let's identify them. Anyone who's a Christian will be interested in identifying problems within the system that are discriminatory and removing them, if you're truly a Christian and a believer in Jesus Christ. And so let's find them and let's, let's deal with them and, and go from there. But just tearing down the system without, you know, evidence and proof of, of something, and we just have, you know, you know, we're not using things that are, are concrete, you know, that would uh, that that are in the that are written into the law type things. Um, I, I, I would need to see footage or something or something that really really makes it plain um, that we've got an issue. You know, I know that there are videos of things going on around the nation, and they, oh look at this, this is a, this is indicative of you know systemic racism and. You know, we're on the other side of that. We don't know everything that's going on in a lot of these videos and who's who's doing what, what's what happened before the video or after the video or what what brought this circumstance to, to come about in the first place. You know, so there's a lot of variables and, and we don't have a lot of facts, you know, and not what one of the things that Dr. Dean Racky says is, you know, as you know, Andrew, get the facts. You know, we, we've got to get the facts and act on, responsibly on the facts. If we don't have the facts and we're just acting just because we see a video uh, and, and we're just emotional and these kinds of things. I, I think that's 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 misplaced and that's premature. We need to get the facts so that we can act responsibly on these types of things. So, David, where did you grow up, and did you have a lot of racism or uh, religious uh, r racial prejudice against you? Have you experienced that? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, everywhere. I mean, everywhere I've been, I'm, uh, I'm you know, um, I've experienced it in one form or another. Um, I, I think that's just you know, it, it's it's. It's, it's what Jesus said, you know, nation will rise against nation, which is the word ethnos in the Greek, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so he's talking about really eth different ethnic groups will rise against one another. It's prophesied that these things would happen. Uh, I grew up in California, uh, and I, I spent the majority of my life there. Um, it was great. It, it's sort of a homogenized, you know, um, you know uh, society in uh, California. It's not like any other place, really. Uh, and that's that's and that, that's a positive, you know, because it's there's so many different there's so much diversity in, uh, culturally, uh, and that I think that served me well. You know, I don't fit squarely into any like particular you know culture like you're you're a typical this or a typical that, you know, because I was around so many different influences culturally growing up in L.A. or L.A. area. Um, that, uh, but yeah, I still, there was still discrimination. There were still people, you know, um, wanting to hold you back or, or have a negative comment just based on your skin color. So I, I have experienced that. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had a lot of, uh, rejection and I'm not black, I'm white. <laughs> and yet I've had a lot of rejection to me. It's just sin. Jamie and I were talking about this today about why do, uh, Palestinians hate the Jews, and not only Palestinians, but you're seeing all of these protests all over the world. In London, they just had 100,000 people protest against Israel, and they can't even condemn 1,400 people that were brutally slain and babies beheaded and babies cut out of women's bellies, and they can't even say that's wrong. They're basically saying that it was justified because of some Thing. And so why is it that there is such a hatred for Israel and 
I don't think it's even racial. I don't think it's national. It's just people that are given over to the devil, that it's a spiritual thing. Satan hates God, hates God's people. And uh, it's, it's just like a friend of mine, E.W. Jackson, he says, it's not the skin, it's sin. And it's just sin, mm. human beings. Uh, just find something. E.W. Jackson, he's a black man, and he said that if God could somehow or another wave his hand over you and make everybody's color of skin the same, then uh, they'd come back and look at your hair. And if your hair is kinky or if it's straight, they'd make divisions on that. Or they'd base it on the color of your eyes. They'll find something to criticize. It's just sin. And I tell you, we got to yeah. get past that. It's a, it's a spiritual thing, and it's not just physical. So again, we've got lines open 719-619-2341. Excuse me, David, what were you saying? No, I, I believe what you're saying is exactly right. Um, it, it's spot on. Uh, it is a spiritual issue. Um, and many of the issues that we're dealing with in our communities, um, they're spiritual ones, you know? Uh, you know and so we're, we, and so we're trying to legislate some of these things and, and or throw money at it. And, you know, I, I think of these things as, you know, we, we can't, we can't uh, uh, underestimate um, the the role of the church in our communities. They're supposed to uh, be have an influence. They're supposed to have a role. You know, um, they again. They, I'm not saying that they're supposed to, you know, uh, force people into Christianity. But the, you know, may, you know, places of faith. They they're they're bringing about morality. You know, and we need these places to stand up and to speak on these types of issues. That they, you know, because we don't have you know outside of faith and outside of uh, out of religion, we don't have very many answers as to why these things are happening. But the Bible does. The Bible's the only thing that has absolutes. Everything else is more, uh, you know, relative, and the uh, values are shifting constantly. We've still got open lines, 719-619-2341. Let's go to Becky, and Becky, you're a subscriber. Thank you for being a subscriber to Truth and Liberty. You're calling in from Michigan, so you're on with uh, Andrew and David Moore. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for taking yes, my call. Um, I was just kind of wondering, does David write your books and your booklets or just your booklets? And, and David, how do you, how do you do that? Does Andrew say I need something written on grace and then you put it together from his TV shows or from what he teaches at Karis or how does that actually work? I'll be interested to hear this answer. <laughs> um, no, that's, no, that's good. No, I want to. How do you go about doing it? A, a ghostwriter does not uh, does not share their secrets. No, but uh, no, um, you know, I, I do write. I, I, I don't, I'm not sure I've written any of your books, but I've written booklets for you, Andrew. Um, and do I, you know I've how write, many booklets? Do you know how many booklets we've put out this year? I think it's around twenty or thirty, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and I, I'm just writing one pretty much every month, you know, for yeah. you. Um, we uh, have so, multiple writers yeah. that do this, so David is just one of them. Yes, sir. That's right. Yeah. So the main thing is uh, for for writing is, um, you know, Andrew, and you, you've never I've never told you this, but uh, you're you're kind. Of, I mean, you're kind of like a fictional character in my mind, you know. So in other words, if I had to write a story, a fictional story with you in it, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> because I know your voice and I know your experiences know you and your do. stories. And so I could stick you in a story and, and write the way you speak and how you interact with people. Um, and so I guess what I'm saying is, is when I, I think that's what has to happen if you're, if you're ghostwriting for someone is you have to, 
you have to internalize their voice and, and to, to, to channel it, to their voice. You have to be in tune. And I'm telling you right now, in California, driving around LA area, I listen to hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of your tapes um, years and years ago um, before I ever came to Bible college. So your your brain, your voice and the way you think, and the way you, the way you uh, build points, those things are in my mind, you know? And so, and of course I I've been writing since I was eight years old. So, you know, it's a gift from God. So I think there's a, there's, it's a gift from God, but it can't just stay in the area of just being a gift. You have to refine it. But then if you're going to write for others and ghostwrite for them, you have to really internalize their voice. Yeah. Uh, and that takes time. So Becky, let me answer a little bit of this that my books, uh, I'm not a writer. And so my books, what they will do is take a video or a CD set or something like that, and they will transcribe it. And then the writer will take it and put it into chapters and then put headings in it and put titles to these things. And they will take what I've said, it's my teaching, but they just make it grammatically correct. When I see a transcript of the way of what I've said, it is terrible because I just got broken sentences and I'll, anyway, it's not good. So they'll make it good. They'll make it, uh, to where it's spelled correctly and things like that. And then they send me that book and then I go through and read every single line and I make copies and additions and we'll send it back and we go back and forth. So that's the way a book is written. These booklets, some of the booklets uh, this year, like I said, we've done 20 or 30. I write, uh, I've probably written 15 or more booklets this year that I wrote. And it takes me about a week to write a 50-page booklet. And, and then we'll send it to writers like David and he'll correct it and make it good. Others, uh, they give David a subject. Like, can you name some of the booklets that you've written? Which one were they? Uh, Spirit, Soul, and Body, um, I've done um, Financial well, Stewardship. Well, um, Spirit, Soul, and Body is a good example. So we'll just take that. But Spirit, Soul, and Body, is a teaching that I've taught on so many times. David is very familiar with it. So they'll tell him that we want a little 50 page booklet that summarizes spirit, soul, and body. And so he takes the teaching and just summarizes it. And then they'll give it to me and I'll go through and make additions or corrections. Sometimes I'll take things out. Sometimes I'll put in a story or stuff. So it's a back and forth thing. So uh, when, when you get a book or a booklet from me, it is my teaching and it's my voice, but I use people like David to help me. And like I said, uh, when I read some of the things that David wrote, he's saying exactly what I was trying to say, but he'll say it better than what I said it. And matter of fact, I take some of the things he said and I pinch it and uh, I, I act like I'm the one that came up with it. It's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, it's a combination of the two. So did that answer your question, Becky? It does. Thank you. That was very interesting. Well, you're welcome. God bless you. We've still got some open lines, 719-619-2341. Before the break, let's go to Frank, and you're calling in from Missouri. So, Frank, you're on Truth and Liberty with Andrew and David. No, I appreciate it. You know, and I just got uh, warned by... Uh, uh, Caleb, the, the, your your protocol guy, not to be br bringing any hard language on, and I and I told him uh, Zephaniah chapter three and verse nine that uh, in the last day that a pure lip would come forth, so that you can't even you can't even cuss in Hebrew. So I'm sticking with the Hebrew language. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Well, I may have to censor you here if you get to using too bad a language. But what, what's your question, Frank? Yeah, no, I, I just want to know about a black a black gospel or a white gospel that that to me that's like you know I was ordained in the, in the, in the black church in the Church of God in Christ in eighty one and eighty two, so anyways it, to me there it's it's not a black and a white gospel that, and it's not an American gospel either. So you know I'm I'm you know I'm I'm making some statements and I would like to ask you about writing a book. I, I you know I've had a couple of brothers that are helping me. Uh, published about 60 pages self, uh, and I'm trying to put one book together on my experiences. So do you have any suggestions on how I could put that book together? Well, David will have to answer that question because like I said, I'm not a writer. But let me just say real quickly that, I, you know, Jesus wasn't black or white. He's what we would call a Middle Eastern complexion. So really this whole thing about the gospel being a white gospel or a black gospel, there is no such thing as color with God. He loves all of us. And uh, I tell you, man has made this. I really think this is just my opinion. I'm not going to force this on anybody else. But when Obama was elected, you would think that that would have just driven a nail in the coffin that now we've seen a black man become president. We've removed the things. But he came into office with a chip on his shoulder specifically like Michelle Obama saying that I have never been proud to be an American before. And things like that widened the divide. And I think it made our race relations worse. And then when this thing in Ferguson came out, I forget now the name of the uh, boy that was killed there, but they made a big deal. And I think race relations have gotten much worse since Obama came in because they highlighted it. It's like similar to what David was saying. We need to put this behind us. If there's still things that are wrong and if there are injustices being done, let's write them, but let's not go back and impose on people things that happened 200, 300 years ago. We need to move on and get into the gospel. And we're up against a break, so let's do this. I'm going to take a 90-second break, and on the other side of the break, we'll come back, David, and we'll have you maybe give some uh, instructions to Frank or anybody else who's interested about how you would get started writing a Bible and, I mean, a book and getting it done. So let's take a break and we'll be right back after this 90 second break. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY, and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through ARMY. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an ARMY member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry, and encouragement. 
our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. So welcome back to the Truth and Liberty Live uh, call-in show. we still got some lines open, 719-619-2341. And my guest today is David Moore. He and his wife dwell. They are both employees. They live in, Hart, is it Hartswood, Michigan? Is that correct? Kentwood. 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 I'm sorry. Yes, anyway, Kentwood, <laughs> Michigan, and he's running for city commissioner. We've been talking about that. And right before the break, you had Frank ask a question about how do you uh, write a book? How do you go about writing a book? And what are the steps that you take? So since that's your real strength, how would you answer that? Yes, there, there are so many uh, resources out there available to you, Frank. Um, there are ghost writers out there waiting, looking for work. Uh, so I would encourage you to, to do a, a search on, online for ghost writers. Um, you, you will easily pick them up and just, you know, interview folks, um, uh, look at their, what the work they've done. Um, you've got a message, and but the writing, the, the, the art form of, of writing um, is God-given. So um, you've got to fight, find the right person um, to articulate uh, your message and, and, and make sure that they're hitting the target, you know. Uh, and it, 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 it takes work, but you, you can find someone to, to help you with that um, and get your message out there and help refine it. Well, I, I will say this. One of the things that's helped, if you're trying to write a book and you, you don't feel like you're a writer, you might be a good speaker. And one of the things like what Andrew was talking about, people work with is transcripts. You know, I've worked with, I've worked with uh, Andrew's transcripts. So you might dictate um, your message. You know, take, take your message, whatever it is, and dictate it into a, a voice recorder, you know, and then get someone to transcribe it. And then you got all you need is to get someone to take that transcription and make that into a book form. So um, you might start with that. That might be the easiest way to get a book done and get it, you know, uh, in the way that really hits the, the, the target for you. And let me say that Stephen Bransford, the man who runs my television department, he's an award-winning writer. He's written some uh, Christian novels, but they aren't overtly Christian. They just have a Christian flavor to them. And he's won numerous awards, and he just wrote a book. And I think the title of it is, Everyone's Got a Story, and It's Better Than You Think. And he talks about how to write, and he talks about the frustrations he went through and about uh, getting published and the mistakes he made turning his manuscript over totally to a publisher and he lost control of it and just a lot of things like that. And so, Frank, that might be a resource. And you could contact my ministry and we do have Stephen's books here available and those could be a real resource to you. So thanks for your call, Frank. We've still got lines open at 719-619-2341. Let's go to Lindy's from uh, Utah, and you are on the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show with Andrew and David Moore. Hello. Hello. Hi, Andrew. Hi, David. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, real quick, Andrew, I just want to say thank you. I just found all of your teachings this year, and we came to Healing is Here this year, and I've got your Bible commentary, and everything has been just such a blessing and me and my family's life. Man, that's awesome. I'm glad it's been a blessing to you. Yes. Um, I wanted to ask, I've been reading in Mark chapter 5, and this chapter speaks so much to me because we are standing in faith for my little two-year-old daughter's healing. And 
um, at the end of the chapter, it's talking about Jairus when Jesus is raising his daughter from the dead. And at the end, he says to not tell anybody. Well, earlier in the chapter, when he's um, casting out the demons of the demon-possessed man, he goes, he tells him to tell everybody of what he has done for him. And my question is, what's the balance between speaking out faith and knowing kind of when to keep quiet? Let me start, and then I'll let David comment on this. But I think that part of the reason that the Lord told people not to tell anybody is because he had so many people coming to his meetings. He was crowded and stuff that he couldn't even enter into the cities anymore is what one scripture says. And so part of it was just practical. He could not minister to the people uh, personally when there were such large crowds. And so I think that's part of the reason. Another time he told the man in Mark chapter 8 who was healed of blindness, don't go back into the town and don't tell it to anybody in the town. And that's because it was in Bethsaida. And Luke chapter 10 says, Jesus said, Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works that had been done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented a long time ago in sackcloth and ashes. So in that instance, I think the reason he told him not to go tell anybody in the town was because of the level of unbelief this man could have lost his healing. Matter of fact, the Lord, this is the only instance in Scripture, I think it's Mark chapter 8, verse 22 or 24 around there, where he prayed for him, and the first time he prayed for him, his eyes weren't completely open. They just were partially open, and he said, I see men as trees walking, and he had to minister to him a second time. And so even Jesus, with operating in the full power of God, was limited in seeing the healing come to pass because of the unbelief of people around him. So in that instance, he told him not to go back because he could have lost that healing. So I think that that's part of the reason. Uh, you need to evaluate, are you throwing your pearls before the swine? Are they going to turn on what you say? And is their unbelief going to affect you? If that's so, you need to be careful what you share. Uh, and sometimes you just don't need to say anything because it's just not appropriate. But I would say in the vast majority of cases, we ought to be open speaking about our faith because, and, and I know I'm taking a little bit of time on this. I'll, I'll turn it to David here in just a second. But I remember a time that I had a guy come to me and ask me, uh, what's wrong? And then he started telling me his problems. And as soon as he started talking, God told me some things about him that were the major problems, but I knew it was going to be offensive to him. And I knew he had a potential of getting upset. And so I was debating, God, do I say this to him? And the Lord just spoke to me and he says, you do not have the right to reject the truth for him. If I show you something, it's your responsibility to say what I told you. And if he rejects it, you let him reject it, but don't you reject the truth for him. And so I, I really do believe that we should be more outspoken than what most of us are. And people will reject it, but that's their privilege. You don't reject the truth for them. What do you say, Dave? That, that's all oh, that was great. I really, that's a really good answer. It's hard to, to really come on the back of that. I thought of, um, I'm thinking about this example here in Matthew 12. I've got my phone here. So if I'm not looking right at the camera, it's because I'm reading on my phone here this scripture. Uh, and it says, This is where Jesus healed the man who um, stretched, he said, Stretch out your hand. This is Matthew chapter 12, verses 13. And he said, If you don't mind, I, I'll, I'll read this if you have some time to do this. Is that okay, sure. Andrew? Yep. Okay. 
I'll try to read. I, I am from L.A., so I do talk fast, so I'll try to read through this quickly. <laughs> uh, then he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Yet he warned them not to make him known, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, behold beloved uh, in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry out, nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoking flax he will not quench till he sends justice, forth justice to victory. And in his name, the Gentiles will trust. Uh, and so that's a that's a, a direct correlation to mm -hmm. why Jesus, you know, told some to, to speak and others not to speak. Uh, and how I understand that is that um, he, he there he wanted to keep things quiet be, to, because he was very subtle. There are very few people that Jesus actually told he was the Christ. So he he didn't always reveal himself. He wanted people to pick it up by discernment by by not by announcing things all the time. Uh, he was gentle and subtle. He was meek and lowly and these types of things. And he wanted people to perceive him, um, not to necessarily come because of the signs and things like this. I also think that part of it was, you know, he, you know, the more they didn't know about him and the more they, you know, negative words that came up about him, it also played into his crucifixion, you know, as well. And so he, they didn't know about, you know, him or, or they, or what they knew about him wasn't, positive and so i think it, it probably played into god's plan of him being crucified because if, if everybody knew all the wonderful things he was doing and all the you know he was you know made king and all these kind of things like it talks about in john chapter six you know it, it probably would have been a little more difficult to uh to crucify him you know so that i think that could be part of it too yeah that's a good answer david and you know i often have said this that if uh jesus wanted to he could have arrived on the space shuttle wouldn't that have been impressive to people 2,000 2, years ago? And he could have been this majestic. You could have seen light radiating from him. But the scripture says in Hebrews 11:6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So just like you said, the Lord delights in doing things in a subtle way that it takes faith. It's not a blind faith. He bears witness in your heart, creation, all kinds of things uh, give us ample reason to believe but faith is what pleases him. And that's one reason that he didn't want people going out and just promoting. You know, the second chapter of John talks about the very first time he was in Jerusalem after he was anointed by John the Baptist. It says many believed on him when they saw the miracles that he did, but he would not commit himself to them because he knew what was in man and he didn't want them testifying to man. So the Lord isn't the kind that just wants people to go out and promote him. He wants people to do it from a right heart. He wants people to receive it correctly. And so anyway, those are just a few of the reasons, Lindy's. Let me ask this. You mentioned that your daughter is two years old and you're believing for her healing. What's your, what's your uh, situation there, Lindy? Pretty much stopped doing doctor's uh, treatments and um, diagnosis because <laughs> It just was getting, I was already getting into um, a little too much unbelief because I found your stuff kind of as we were in the middle of the process, and I just felt God kind of tell me to stay away from kind of exploring reasons and stuff, but it's basically some neurological developmental delays. 
Well, let, let David and me just pray with you real quickly. And of course, we've got hundreds, maybe thousands of people that are watching this broadcast. And we're all just going to agree with you and pool our faith. And we're going to speak to your daughter. What's her name? Camila. Camila. Father, we just all agree right now and we pray for Camila and whatever these problems are, her neurological problems, developmental delays. Father, we just speak against this Satan. We speak that you have no right to do this. Lindy is standing in faith. We agree with her and we release the anointing of Jesus towards Camila right now. And Satan, we command you to take your hands off and any physical thing that has happened, if there's any damage to her mind, to the, to the brain, to whatever the problem is, we just release our faith and we speak this resurrection life into her right now. I can hear her in the background and I believe that right now God is touching her and that this anointing is flowing in. And Lindy, as you are there laying hands on your daughter, we believe that this anointing is flowing right through you into Camila, and we command her to respond and begin to develop normally, and we just thank you, Jesus. She's going to be the head of her class. We agree on that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. You are welcome. Thank you for your call, Lindy. God bless you. We've still got some lines open, 719-619-2341, and we'd love to hear from you. Let's go to Linda, who's calling in from Illinois. So, Linda, you're on Truth and Liberty Live with Andrew and David. Yes, I was wondering, they've just come out with that movie, After Death, and I've heard you speak about your son that was, you know, was dead for five hours. Did he have any type of experience no, ma'am, he didn't even know that he had died. And as a matter of fact, if you've heard me talk about that situation where he was dead between four and five hours, and when they called us, we prayed and we had to get up and get dressed and head into Colorado Springs. It took us an hour to get there. And in, in transit, that's one of the things that got me so excited is because I just felt like God told me that he was going to come back from the dead. And I got so excited thinking, man, this will straighten him out. No telling what he's seen or experienced. And so that was part of my rejoicing, why I started laughing. But when we got there, we took him out uh, to breakfast. He didn't remember a thing. And it had been a drug overdose is what it was that caused him to die. And he was still high on drugs when he came back to life. He had been in a morgue for hours, stripped naked in a freezer with a toe tag on, and he came back, there was no brain damage, but uh, he literally was still high and out of it. And we, we took him home and he slept for about eight hours. And when he woke up, he came out and he was wearing one of those little uh, hospital robes. And he, he walked out, what am I doing here? What am I doing wearing this? He didn't remember a thing, which... Uh, I know that there's so many people that have these out-of-body experiences and stuff, and I don't discount that, but my son didn't experience any of that. So anyway, that's just the way it happened with him. So I hope that answers your question. We've still got open lines at 719-619-2341. And we would love to hear from you if you uh, would like to call and either talk to David or to me. 
So, David, where are you going to go after this? Of course, you hadn't won the election yet, but let's just say that you see that you're winning the election. How do you think that you can make a difference there in your community? Yes, that's a good question. I want to do exactly what I promised the residents that I've talked to, and I've looked them in their eyeballs. And those who are watching who have, who have met me personally, you know who you are. Um, I, I want, I'm going to do exactly what I said I was going to do. I'm going to give you a voice in the city commission. I'll be only one of six voices, the mayor being the seventh voice. So there's, you know, a tiebreaker if we have to make a decision on something. Um, but I want to elevate um, and represent the, the residents of Kentwood. So um, their concerns, I want to bring them to the commission as long as they have to do with, you know, police, fire and safety uh, or our budget. Um, we just passed the millage uh, in 2021 and at the, the last election here uh, locally here. Um, and uh, we, I want to make sure that uh, we spend that money responsibly. Uh, I'm on the, I currently serve, of course, on the Parks and Rec Commission. So uh, I, I want to help see that through. Uh, and uh, so those are, those would be my, my priorities. We're down 11 officers right now here in Kentwood. That's the last number I got. Um, so we want we need to re support our first responders uh, and get uh, and, and let our police know that we support them, uh, and uh, and and just show and build you know a report good rapport with uh, with the community. They already they already have great rapport with the community, but uh, we want to build on that. We want to let them know that we support them and we want to get back to our, our max capacity with our, our police officers. So, so yeah, those Kent, are the things I want to focus. Did Kentwood go through the defund the police thing? Did you actually lose officers during uh, you know since 2020? Uh, we we have a lot. I mean, because of the you know it's it's soured rapport you know with uh, the between the communities and the police that we have lost officers, and that's just that's just a national wide a nationwide issue, right? So. Um, yeah, we have lost um, officers due to that, and people are just not interested in becoming police officers because <laughs> I wouldn't you know, be. They don't see it as <laughs> yeah, they think of it as maybe as a thankless job, and it's yeah. it's not rewarded, and you're putting your life on the line, and things like this, and then you know all it takes is a, a wrong decision in a split second, and and now you're all over the news, viral on on these videos and such like this, and you know it's 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 uh, it could be scary for someone you know looking to to get into law enforcement, so. Uh, I think that's part of the reason that we're not able to keep the numbers. Um, uh, I just saw a report so that, that, about two police officers that asked, uh, answered a disturbance, domestic disturbance call, and when they got there, it was an ambush, and they killed both of them. And here were people going, trying to help people, and yet they were killed for no reason. You talk about prejudice, that's not black or white. That's just evil versus good, people that resent authority and I can understand why uh, police officers, they don't get paid that much. You can understand why they wouldn't want to put their life on the line for people that hate them. So, man, we need the Lord to touch people's lives and change them. That's the only good answer that we have. We really do. I, I did go on a couple of police uh, calls to ride alongs too. So I went on some calls with them to kind of see what their life is like. And I think anyone who criticizes the police, they should, they should go on a ride along. You know, go go with the police and see what their life is like on a given afternoon. Um, and I think that will change their perspective. Uh, these these people are, are every day supporting and, and protecting the families uh, in our communities. You know, we, we need to have a different uh, perspective of them and support them. Amen. Still got some lines open, 719-619-2341. We'd love to hear from you. We only have about 10 minutes left. So if you're going to call, you need to do it soon. Let's go to Tim, who is a Truth and Liberty supporter, calling in from 
Wisconsin. You're on Truth and Liberty Live with Andrew and David. Hi, Andrew. Hi, David. Hello. Um, <laughs> uh, my question is for David. Um, I have 10 kids, and we homeschool. Oh. Um, my question is for David: How do you balance? <laughs> how do you balance um, ma managing home life and ten kids, and managing homeschooling, and do all what you do? Um, Andrew, you actually met most me and most of my kids a couple of years ago at Steve Castle's church in Northern Illinois. I, oh yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I think you. Had, I think I had my picture taken, or I took a picture of you with my kids and yeah. Pastor Steve. Anyway. Um, I remember you telling me, Andrew, <laughs> you said something about raising kids is harder than raising the dead. That's right. <laughs> I had to do both to my kids, and raising them from the dead was a piece of cake. There wasn't, he didn't talk back or nothing. It was awesome. <laughs> so, um, but I, I find that, especially with homeschooling, I mean, I'm not a highly executive, organized type of person. So, honestly, I struggle with managing. My wife does most of the teaching, actual teaching. I help out, but I, I'm supposed to kind of manage and be in charge of stuff and be there if there's a problem and all that stuff. And I, I work from home. I have a home business, but I find myself being interrupted multiple times throughout the day and often being kind of frustrated. Like, how do I manage my business and manage homeschooling and family life? And I'm just curious from you, David, how do you do it? <laughs> what encouragement do you have for me? <laughs> I, uh, I would tell you, take it one day at a time. Take it one day at a time and go with the grace of God. You're going to make mistakes as every parent will and does. Um, but take it one day at a time. Don't be afraid to apologize. Um, get support from your church. Join a, a homeschool co-op if you have, if you can. Um, Michigan is very great. It's very uh, homeschool friendly here in Michigan. I'm so thankful for that. Um, and we've had a lot of support come around us. Our kids are interacting with other kids and other families that we respect and trust and, and love, you know? And so I, I would say, get support around you, take it a day at a time. Don't, don't uh, be too proud to apologize to your kids when you make mistakes because you're going to make them. They're gonna be regrets. They're gonna be things you're never gonna to get to um, and, and as you're raising them. Uh, and I just, you just have to accept that uh, and, and just take it, do the best you can. Do the best you can with a clear conscience. This is what Paul said, you know, I strive with everything I do to live a life without uh, offense or, or a life that's uh, with, with a clear conscience, and so uh, I would I would I would say to, to to live that way and 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 you know let your kids know that that you're not perfect, you know. Um, and these things I think will be helpful uh, when they look back, and they're, they're going to look back. You know, what, I'll say this one last thing. I can be quite talkative. I'm a speaker too, right? So, um, looking back, we all look back on the job that our parents did, and we know that now that we're older and we're wiser and things like this, we know the good things they did, and we oh remember the things. Oh, that I, that happened, didn't it? That wasn't really a good. I, Thing that happened. We we now we know what happened and how that wasn't good. The things, some of the things they might have done, and so maybe just talking, just having that kind of conversation with them now. Say, look, you're good. Maybe you don't understand what I'm doing now, and maybe you don't understand the mistakes I'm making now. But I'm apologizing right now because to you now, talk to your kids, look them in the eyeballs, and and say, look, I'm going to make mistakes, and you're gonna you you may not understand it, the mistake I made right now, but someday looking back, you might. And so I want to let you know that I need your I need your any relationship that's going to be healthy needs to have mercy as a part of it. And so I would definitely make that a part of your relationship with your kids. You're, they're going to need it and you're going to need it too. So what are the ages of all of your kids, David? Uh, my oldest will be 18 this month, actually. Uh, and then wow. my, my youngest is uh, two. So we got 18, 16, uh, 14, 12, 10, 
8, uh, 4, and 2. Man, you've spaced them pretty well. That's <laughs> pretty good. Let me ask yes, this. You yeah. know, uh, Carrie uh, Pickett, who is the vice president of yeah. my ministry, and she has her own television program now, not only on our Gospel Truth TV, but she's on three or four other stations and some networks. And she just got back from Australia, Singapore, uh, Indonesia, hundreds and hundreds of people responding, great things happening. She was homeschooled. You know, homeschool used to be like a secondary form of education, but man, there's some people in some very high positions now who've been homeschooled, and they actually tripled the number of children in America who are being homeschooled since COVID hit, because parents begin to see what was happening with their school when they started, you know, doing it by remote and they saw what was being taught. And I think that that's a positive thing. And so like David said, homeschool is a great way to do things. There's a scripture that says that, you know, God will bless you and your wife will be like a fruitful vine and blessed is the man that has his quiver full of children. And I tell people, I said, I only had two, but they made me quiver. <laughs> so. Uh, praise God. I don't know how you make it, Tim, with, with 10 or David with 8, but man, uh, children are a blessing from the Lord. So that's just really, really good. Awesome. So thanks, Tim. Appreciate your call. Again, we got just maybe time for one more call. If you want to call us, 719-619-2341. But David, I want to thank you for what you're doing. Not only for me, you and Dewell have been employees with me for 20 years and I could never thank you enough. Man, you, you make me look better than I am taking those transcripts and, and writing things. But I also want to thank you for getting involved in your community. If every Christian would, would do what you and Dwell are doing and just take a part, I tell you what, we could ch change this nation and turn it around. But when Christians don't get involved for whatever the reason is because it's too time consuming, they don't want the criticism, or they just feel like Christians don't need to be involved, then that leaves it open for the ungodly. And if you let the ungodly be the ones that are setting the rules and enforcing things, then we get the situation that we're in today. So I really want to encourage those of you watching here tonight to take a, uh, you know, a lead from what David and Duell are doing and get involved and become a part because we are the salt and the light of the earth and it's our job to get out of the salt shaker. We got to get out there into the community and start making a difference. So again, if you want to be a part of David's uh, campaign, he's still got five days, and I'm sure that there's more um, advertisements, more, more things he could do. Could you put up that information again about how to go to his website? What is that, David? Uh, it's moreforkentwood.com. Man, that's website. pretty simple. Amen. There it is. It's on the screen. More for the number for Kentwood uh, at gmail.com is what we've got on the screen. Is uh, that correct? The, that's the email. Yeah, that's the email. Gmail is the email. And then just more number for uh, Kentwood.com is the website. Okay. So great. If you want to be a part of that, we'd encourage you to, to go there. So thanks for being with me, David. You've been a blessing, brother. I appreciate everything you've done for me. And man, your kids, I remember before you were even married and now you got an 18-year-old. That's just amazing. Yeah, she might be considering Karis too. I don't know. We'll see. 
Did you know we just had uh, Curtis and Lori Phillips with us teaching on marriage this week, and they've had three of their four daughters come to school. One of them is in school right now. And also, this goes right along with some of the things that we were saying, that one of their daughters uh, wanted to go to a regular university because they needed some kind of a degree that we couldn't give, but they really felt impressed to the Lord to come to Karis first. And after they got into the secular, uh, they only went one year to Karis, but then they went into the secular university and the girl called her dad every week and said, thank you, thank you, thank you for helping me to go to Karis because they said, these people are just cramming this unbelief and all of these things at us and said, if I hadn't have gone to Karis first, this would have destroyed me. So I would like to encourage people watching this, parents or maybe grandparents, that you ought to encourage your kids to come. We have a biblical worldview course that we teach and just the foundation that they get in the Word the first year, that would really help prepare them because statistics show that kids, Christian kids that go to secular university, 80% or more renounce their faith in one year of secular college. That's how toxic our school system is. And so I'd really like to encourage people to consider Karis Bible College or some other Bible college. They need to get a good foundation. Don't just throw them to the wolves without any protection. So David, thank you for being with us. Tell Dwell and all of your kids, hi. Thank you for everything you do. And we'll be in touch with you. And hopefully you're going to be a new city commissioner. That'll be awesome. Yes, sir. That's right. So we're looking forward to it. And thank all you so right. much for having this. Is, this has been such a blessing. Thank you. All right. God bless you. And thank all of you for joining us too. Remember that we do this every weekday from 3.30 till 5 o'clock uh, mountain time. And we would love to have you join us. We've got multiple hosts, Alex McFarland, Dwayne Sheriff, Richard Harris. And uh, it seems like I'm leaving somebody out. Me. <laughs> somebody else. But anyway, it's a great time. So join us from 3.30 till 5 o'clock every weekday for Truth and Liberty live call-in show. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.